Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Have you done a podcast before, Chloe? A uh, podcast? Have I done a podcast myself? I don't know. I've done interviews, a bunch of them, radio. Right. Uh, this could be a first. Then. I don't think. I think it's my first podcast. So new experiences. Cheers. Nice. <laughs> I listened to your husband do a brilliant one a few years back with Flea on the Mark. WTF Mark Maron yeah. podcast. Yeah. Incredible. We were there, but uh, then we left the room because it was taking a, a little while, and we went for donuts. Oh, very and the nice! Kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so <laughs> you've been in the famous thing. garage. Yes, love it. Yes, has it got a vibe? Yeah, yeah. I like that famous garage. Actually, it was funny because I, I uh, there was a, a little like kind of like a little Barbie doll that that was called the uh, the crazy cat lady right and it looked exactly like my friend who rescues cats all the time like she lives up in san francisco so i was like "Ooh!" i took a picture i was like i found your <laughs> your doll doppelganger yeah, exactly are you a pet person in the trio household uh we have a frenchie a french bulldog oh, amazing yeah he's so sweet like you could do whatever you want with him he's like isn't it so cool the coolest dog and uh, before that um when I moved in with Robert, uh, he had two chows, crazy chows. They're yappy, so, I hear. And then my daughter actually loves animals, so she also has two birds. But if it was up to her, she would have, yeah, we would it have would a farm. It would be like Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. I'd like to ask you if it's okay about your childhood and your yeah. upbringing in Paris, because from the, the little snippets of interviews that I've read, it sounds like a very unique and quite fascinating and quite bohemian mm -hmm. childhood. Um, first of all, if we could chat about your parents and what they did for, yeah. for a job and well, their they were, artistic uh, background. Well, yeah. Um, well, by the time I was born, they were fashion designers and they had their own brand. Uh, before that, my dad was always a fashion designer. It, it, his life story is interesting, but uh, I'm not going to go into too many details because... <laughs> Uh, but uh, but anyway, he he left his home a very young age and kind of built like from nothing, you know, coming from a very poor family, and then he just built this fashion kind of empire almost. But you know, slow over the years. Uh, Were they both French? No. no. So my my dad is French and my mom is German. Right. And my mom was a m model in Germany, and they met. Actually, they met, and my mom always tells me, like, oh, I was with my boyfriend, and then your dad was sitting across, and <laughs> he kept, like, you know, 
like trying to, to woo yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, well, and then that's it. And then so after they got married, um, my mom took over more of the artistic, creative side of uh, of the business, and my dad was still doing the creative a little bit, but he's so good at business that you know. So they kind of joined forces and they built their own uh, women prêt à porter, like we say, ready to wear uh, fashion. So I grew up um, never having to shop for clothes. Because even when I was uh, uh, little, you know, they would do like, for me and my sister, like always like, you know, smaller size of whatever they would create. Not the whole collection, so because they would create like an extensive collection. So you always had kind of very unique, was, special garments. Yeah, yeah. But, the, but the thing that was crazy is when you, you become a teenager, you know, you want to look like everybody else or your peers, uh-huh, you yeah. know. You want to kind of associate. You fit and, in. And I remember... Uh, you know, my mom had those leggings made that were made out of like, uh, they were like turquoise, there are other leggings with like airplanes on them. And now, you know, everybody wears leggings. But back then, I went to school with them and everybody, all the, my friends were like, are you wearing your pajamas in school? You know, I was like, no. (laughs) So were you picked on for being an arty kid? Well, I was, I, I always felt like different. Yeah. Because... You know, even in school, when you first start the year, every year would be the same. Like, write your name, what your parents do, and blah, 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 and all this. And I never knew how what to write for my, what my parents did. I was like, hmm. I mean, yeah, they work in fashion. They do this. They do that. Like, they, to me, it was so extensive what they did. I was like, okay, my mom, you know, we call it styliste in French, fashion designer, styliste. My dad, like, okay, uh, you know, he's taking care of the business and also a stylist and this and that. But then they had, like, such weird hours compared, you know, like, my parents hardly uh, stepped into any of my schools because they were working, you know, super late hours. Um, were they my, both very self-made Both very self-made, types. yeah. But, um, but then, you know, they had also... Uh, like parties at the house and they had also customers that were um some of their clients were artists themselves so uh visual artists but musicians you know so celebrities you always grew up around very interesting people right yes even like porn stars Amazing. like it, yeah, yeah. you know the full spectrum so i always like grew up around you know this kind of uh my god yeah, this this kind of environment was always there for me. Um, Did you say you had one sister? Sorry. I, I have two, two. but uh, the younger one is 14 years younger than me. So that's why, you know, when we were kids, I was already 14 when she was born, the other one. So, uh, you know, I was already more like a babysitter. Or yeah, like yeah. A, My sister's like eight years younger than me, and I thought that was quite a big gap. Yeah, but 14, but 14 yeah. massive, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, I never really saw her her growing up. I mean, you know, I see her, of course, but, you know, it's, I don't know what happened in her childhood or, you know, that kind of stuff because I was doing my... At 14, I was with the punk rockers. Well, 14 the, is the age when you fall in love with music and the nightlife. Yeah, and, exactly. So when does music come into your life and what music is the first genre or style that really captures your imagination? Um well, music was always in my life, first of all. Uh, so when I said my parents were working late hours, so my mom had her parents move into the apartment across the street from us so they could help take care of us, me and my sister, you know, after school and all this. And so my grandfather was a professional opera singer. Oh, wow. So music was always around. And my uh, grandmother... And were they German? They were German. Mom, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, and my grandmother actually played the piano quite a bit. So I grew up um, around music. And then my my dad always loved music, my, both my parents. But my dad was more like rock. And he's the one that got me into metal and all that. Oh, so he wasn't just like a rocker. He was a metalhead. Well, not really a metalhead because he's open to like a lot of different styles of music. Like right now, what he, he listens to jazz and blues. You know, he's moved on. <laughs> 
yeah. <laughs> you yes. know, but he loved like Jimi Hendrix. Lo- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but because uh, I, I remember as a kid, uh, the, uh, I was really fascinated by Killers by Iron Maiden because he had the little cassette and I just loved that, that you know, the cover art. I was like, oh, wow, you know, and I was super young and I kept listening to this. I'm like, wow, you know, I, I didn't speak English back then. And I was just like looking, you know, like back in the day, you, would, you could open the thing. Yeah, you'd and sit there for hours, wouldn't and you, and like, look through yeah. the lyrics and who produced exactly. the records yeah, and yeah, yeah. the art director and yeah. everything. Yeah. And uh, so that was kind of like the f- first fascination with like a cover art. And I, I remember I was reproducing. I did p- plenty of eddies. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, from every album, I just love, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, you know, he listened to a lot of ACDC, to a lot of Jimi Hendrix, and I always like, like, kind of, like, power, like, it just, it just made me feel good all the time, there's, uh, but then I got into, you know, when I was a teenager, then I got into, like, more extreme, like, death metal and grindcore and all that So that's when thing. you found, like, your scene? Yeah, yeah. As a teenager, I mean, I was hanging out with a lot of punk rockers too, so we listened to a lot of punk rock. But um, but yeah, my the, you know thrash and then death metal, and I was going to all the shows. And soon enough, I made friends with uh, everybody that worked there. I was getting invites to go to shows, and I you know it's just yeah. What an exciting city to be a teenager in! Like I grew up in the suburbs, and, uh-huh. and so it would always be a very exciting adventure for us to go into Birmingham city centre and and see shows there but were you really like in the, the middle yeah. of the heart of yeah. Paris oh yeah yeah completely because uh you know my parents their business was uh in Leal you know that's really centered so I feel like I grew up around this that neighborhood you know was it a safe place to grow up the city center of Paris more or less you know Rissani was yeah more or less but it's it's you know I mean it's not not the safest but not the worst either yeah. you know it's there's just, enough danger that it's exciting it, but it's, it's not exciting but i mean i've had some encounters that are not so happy but yeah. um but i actually it teaches you to be tough and and you know i think strong so. and yeah. know you know and street smart exactly yeah so and definitely i had yeah the art itself from from paris you know from poetry to music to literature to to sculpting like yeah. it's it's a very uh, oh no, yeah i feel lucky magical place isn't it growing yeah completely so agree. did you spend a lot of time in the museums and the yes. galleries and yes i mean i was very close to the louvre so i would go to the louvre uh, very often uh, and sketch or i would sketch in the metro you know i would always yeah but but it's funny when you move out of your country you know you of course you start missing your family and friends and then now i miss even the walls like that it's just uh you know of course i i miss the ambiance of like cafes and yeah. filling up and all this you know and the f- certain foods and everything but i i you know you take it for granted when you grow up around it everything is a monument basically yeah um, you yeah, know, yeah. S- especially in the center of paris and you know uh, with what happened with Notre Dame recently, it really affected me. I, I mean, I walk by almost every day going to my high school, you know, it's just, but you take it for granted. You just, you know, it's part of the the scene that yeah. you see every day, but it's when you move away that you really realize the value and, you know. And how the, privileged you were really yeah. to be surrounded yeah. by such exactly. history. And yeah. what took you over to the States in the first place? Um, and what year did you move? I moved in year 2000 uh, and uh, through singing, actually. I did musical theater. Okay, wow. Yeah. So did you study music or art at college? or? I did a little bit. I was also part of a dance company in Paris, so I did dance a lot. Uh, I feel like I studied everything. <laughs> Because I started with science, you know. I oh, did, wow, so I you've have got science in the mix as well. Yes. Wow. Because uh, uh, even my uh, high school uh, graduation, which we call baccalauréat, was a bac C. doesn't exist anymore now. It's called bac S, scientific. But C is mathematics and, and physics. And um, that's because I was always fascinated by math. I, like, I, it started when math became abstract which I believe has a lot of connection with the art, 
you know, it involves imagination and, invo- you know, it's a different part of your brain. I hated math when it was just numbers, mm-hmm. you know, like the, 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 the thing that says, okay, there's a Algebra drop that, fa- that falls every two seconds and it's like 4.5 millimeters and my bathtub is like, yeah. you know. Oh, it's like so-and-so buys X amount of bread yeah. rolls and, and I, I hated that. to that person and how like, many you uh, left with. <laughs> but, but when it became with the X and the Ys and the all, you know, all the rest as it became like more complex... I just, I loved it and I was good at it. And so, of course, and I was always doing art. The The reason why I studied math after having, you know, my high school graduation is my dad, you know, I wanted to do art, but my dad was like, what are you going to make a living as an artist? Just, just. Study. My parents did the same with yeah. me. You can't study media studies. Don't <laughs> yeah. do English. It's more yeah. respectable. Yeah. Exactly. And so even though he never went, I think because I'm the oldest sister and he never had the chance to actually study my dad because he came from a poor family and he went straight to work, even though he is an artist himself by, you know, creating, you know, designing. And um, I think he's, you know, he always missed the, the possibility of you know having just the choice and who knows what happens in life and at trying least you to give have you the best to, start yes yeah uh, so it was a little bit of a conflict there but I did uh, get a degree um, I went to university called Université Pierre and Marie Curie in Paris and then after I had uh, a degree that's you know that was enough and did you enjoy I, studying I di- I did actually yeah. it was it was fun. Uh, and but but then I found there was within the university there was this little art class, um, you know that's like completely you know in France it's different. I don't know about UK, but like I could see in the US, you know even if you study you can major in one field, but you can still study something in a different field. Yeah, so you have like this. a major and a minor. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, and in Paris, it's you know it's it's more or less free. You just pay for insurance for health insurance, basically, right. which was two hundred French francs at the time, and that's like nothing, you know. So you can effectively learn now, as much so as like, you physically are capable. So of. so yeah, so it was like all my everything I had to study was chemistry, physics. It was all like scientific. So, but there's there's this extra class that was art so and then I started enjoying more going to that Mm -hmm. art thing and then they uh they put together a show um and and then they picked one of my paintings for the flyer of the show and I was like oh that's cool and then I was so nervous you know the show it's in in Paris and people are going to see my stuff well you know afraid of the first time it was going to be put on display publicly yeah yeah I mean, in a real gallery. Yeah. Because I, I did, you know, people saw my art before, but this was like a real gallery. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the response was amazing. And so that's when I was like, oh, man, I wish I could just do this. That's when you got bit by the bug, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I wanted to have my dad's consent, even though, you know, I, I didn't really need it. Uh, so I said, oh, I really want to study art. Um, so I went and to switch. So I wanted to still study art history and, and all the different techniques and everything. So I had to, you know, back then there was no internet. So I had to send, uh, one letter. I had to find other professional artists to write letters on my behalf. And I had to send a whole file of art that I did like originals. But, you know, I mean, I remember the package was like this, you know, big and uh, sent it to Ministry of Education to see if they would approve that I would go to university to study art. And they did. And so how many people were they allowed to allocate spaces to? Was competition quite fierce? Yeah, I yes. They look at I mean, they look at your I think what helped me, even though it's is because I studied science and I had pretty good grades and everything so I'm, I'm sure they look at even though it's a different field yeah they look they at your see that you yeah, academic and would yeah. work hard and but I had to I mean the letter you know I mean I had to yeah to send a lot of stuff I remember so I I know I just watched this film uh on the flight it was last month 
and I couldn't watch till the end because it was about it's a French movie it was on the airplane and uh, it was about the the competition for medical school right. where they only yeah. had like we only have like 300 spots and there's people that really want to be doctors like in and you know and there's the story of this one kid that it's already his he's on his third year of trying to get in and how it's like he's like desperate he doesn't eat he has books everywhere and that reminded me of my high school years in math and everything <laughs> it's like oh, you know you do you, uh, you give up everything because you just you know you're just studying it's like i you know yeah so over to america was that to carry on with music you were saying mm-hmm. yeah a lot of things happen uh when i started studying art you know it was always like i said i was always around music and i was going to shows a lot and i for a moment i had like a band and i was singing and I kind of learned to play guitar, then I stopped, then, you know, I knew how to play piano a little bit, and and so, uh, and then I started dancing again, which was, it's my way of exercising, because I, you know, I, I don't like too much going to the gym yeah. or anything like that. I think that, if so. you're artistic, you're not really sporty you as saw, well. You saw me dance at your party. I did, yeah. <laughs> you got the shapes, the moves. <laughs> uh but uh yeah and and so uh i heard of this audition uh, that my friend told me about for new york and so i'm like okay i'll try and then i got you know didn't hear for like three months and then all of a sudden so that gave me my first uh visa and i moved to new york and then there i did uh musical theater but i also did paint i worked you know i worked I was, uh, yeah, I worked so many jobs to to kind of keep up with the New York <laughs> expenses and all this. I just you know it was, but it was it was intense. And then after two years, um, uh, my friend, who's actually Gail Zappa, um, she, she was like f- like family to us. That's a different story. I don't know if you want to hear that. I'd story. love to hear it. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, but that's she, you know, all the kids to finish the, up with that. Gail said, "Oh, just come to LA. Uh, you know, all the kids are, are moved out of the house. You can stay with me uh, however long you want, and all this." And then, you know, I stayed. But um, so my parents. So I think I was thirteen. My parents went uh, had to work in LA for for their business, and so it was during summer. Uh, probably July because they would take August off so July uh, summer vacation for us so for some reason I don't know I should ask my dad how he found that camp but he sent us to a camp in Fresno I've never we've never been to a camp like American camp yeah and I remember just the day he dropped us off me and my sister I'm like I want to I want to Go back. I don't. I don't want to. <laughs> How be long were you here. going to have to be there for? The uh, whole month. Two months. Uh, two weeks. Two weeks. Sorry. Yeah. But two at that weeks. age, seems like a lifetime. Yeah. Right? yeah. I was just like, what am I doing here? You know, <laughs> I spoke English, but I was just like, I don't understand what they're doing. And and there was a payphone. Of course, it was disconnected. I was like, oh. So I'm looking. I remember we're in the cabin, and I'm like looking on the ground if I see a quarter to call my parents to come pick <laughs> me up right away. <laughs> I found there's all those forced team building exercises and yeah, things like that. Yeah, and I was so. just like, "What is this?" And yeah. uh, you know, and and uh, I don't feel like I belong here. And um, and of course, you know, I found a quarter, and of course, the phone's disconnected. So I'm like, oh, whatever. And I'm then, stuck they, here then they call us <laughs> to like, "Oh, you get to sign up for your activities." And I was like, "What is this?" And uh, and then there was this activity called Wet Lake because they had a lake, and Wet Lake. You could go canoe, kayak, you could do just whatever you want by the lake. So I was like, I'm going to do what lake. And that's all I did every day. And what I did is like lay on the towel, listen to music, and, <laughs> and that's all. And there was this guy that was doing the same thing every day next to me. And then one day he just came to me. I was like, hey, what music you listen to? And it was like some metal music. And like, oh, yeah, me too. And then and we became friends. And um, he had this whole thing down, this whole camp thing down, because he was like, 
selling candies on like two other kids. Yeah, like, he amazing. Had, like, a candy, you know, there's yeah, this like, hustle this going thing. on. But that was Ahmed Zappa. That's right. how we became friends. And then we really, you know, we connected. And then uh, at the end of that two-week session, he's like, hey, you know, if you're going to be in L.A., still come, come by the house. And so that's how we met. Uh, and both our families really connected like this. I mean, they stayed with us in France. And, you know, it, just, it was really... Because of that shared love of art right yeah just a lot in common yeah. like yeah. kindred spirits yeah yeah definitely exactly because they i found like some yeah peers almost you know yeah, it's just yeah. like that's why i always call them my my american family because it was like really so yeah that's so that's how it happened and then i moved to la and lived with gail for a while and then robert who i knew from common punk rock friends back in the day because i met him the first time i think i was still in high school Right, wow, okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was with Suicidal. Yeah. And then I didn't see him. So I was really good friends with Rocky and, and Mike Clark. And every, every Suicidal played a lot in Paris. They were really, you know. I've got a friend who's a French DJ, and he oh, you'll never see him without a Suicidal hat on. Oh, really? And yeah, I've so, them and Turbo Negro seem to be yeah. two of like the most oh, popular really? American kind of, well, Scandinavian, but out of France rock bands they seem to be the two that are embraced yeah, the most yeah Negro was yeah really big too um, but yeah Suicidal and I played often so I would see him all the time and uh, and then he he played with Ozzy Robert did and Ozzy didn't play that much in, in France so I didn't see Robert for a while but then we went one of Robert's friends who's also kind of like a big brother figure to me we went to Donington just to just be as tourists, you know, just like, oh, let's go and enjoy shows. And then uh, Ozzy played, and so I saw Robert there for just, you know, a few minutes, actually. Um, And then, um, but when I moved to L.A., this friend that I'm talking about actually called me and said, hey, um, well, no, before that, before moving to L.A., I went to Paris, and uh, and then I saw this one friend because he's like he's like a big brother figure to me and and he said oh you're moving to L A let me give you the phone number of everybody so he gave me the phone number of Rocky Mike Clark Robert and a, a bunch of other people that you know we know in common and I didn't call I didn't have to call anybody uh, I didn't I didn't call Robert because I'm like I haven't seen this guy in like seven years why would I call him like. You know, I'm, gonna be I'm like, in LA hey, now. Yeah. I live in LA. <laughs> you know, but Rocky, I ran into uh, him at a party. Uh, Mike Clark, I ran into him uh, like in Venice somewhere. I forgot. Uh, you know, I ran into everybody except for Robert. And then a week later, uh, this friend calls me. He's like, Oh, I talked to Robert the other day and, and he says he wants you to call him. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, I didn't even think he would remember me, you know, because we hadn't seen each other. So I'm like, okay. So I, I, I call, and it's like voicemail. So I leave a voicemail, and then I don't hear anything for a week. And then this same friend calls and say, Robert got your message. He was in Tahiti surfing. He got your message from the payphone calling his machine, and he mistakenly erased your, your message. So he doesn't have your phone number. Can you call him back? I'm like, Okay, I'll call him, you know, but I was not, and, um, and then I called him back, and then, yeah, that's where, uh, but I, you know, that's where things naturally evolve. Destiny, right? Seriously. Do you believe in that stuff? It's, yeah, I, I completely do. I have another crazy story, because when I first moved in L.A., so I was, I didn't have a job, I you know, I didn't have anything. I got out of a relationship that was really bad. I was like, oh. that's why when Robert came along, I was like, I don't want any relationship. I'm mm-hmm. going to focus on my career. Yeah. And that's when it happens, I guess. Yeah, but, when um, your guard's down and you're least expecting it. Yeah. yeah. But I was, I was kind of not lost, but I was just um, like questioning everything. Like, what do I want to do with my life? You know, uh, now I'm in L.A. I mean, I know some people. I don't know what, you know. 
Did you miss home at this point? I, or were I you happy missed, I was, in LA? I was happy in LA. I missed home, but you know, I, I was, I was good in LA. I just was really questioning like what my next step was. Yeah. Uh, in terms of career, mostly. Um, How old are you at this point? Uh, early, like early twenties, I think. I don't know. You make me do. So, the, you so make me. You're the, making the me maths. do the math that I don't like. <laughs> the bad math. <laughs> so you're around that kind of age where you're starting to have to figure out. Well, yeah, like, adult like, life. like you know, it's just like okay, what do I want to do? What's going on? And all this. And then, I was. I remember it was Santa Monica Boulevard. For some reason, I don't know why I remember. And I was just walking, and I was by myself. And this woman comes across, walks. And, you know, normally I don't, um, you know, I don't really listen to these people. But this woman comes across, she's like, she's holding my arm and she's like, your angels are talking to me. They have a message for you. And like super serious. And I don't want any money. I'm not that kind of person. But if you want to, they're like screaming at me. If you want to listen to this, here's my number. So she writes her name and number on a piece of paper and and I have you know I have some messages for you so after that I went back home that's and, heavy right yeah and I was like I gotta call this woman yeah. I mean she said she you know she's like I know I can tell you this but I don't want any money you know it's just like but I know you're the kind of person I talk I can talk like that too and so I call her and then we meet and then she says you know, she says that she could she could see that I was lost. And she says great things. She says, like, oh, yeah, you're going to be an artist. She knows nothing about me. I mean, it's just like, you know. And then she says, and then um, within the next year, you're going to get married. And I'm laughing inside. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, right. He's like, he's got a darker skin complexion, long black hair. And he's describing Robert. And then you're going to have two to a kids. To as well. Like, yeah. Like you're gonna have two kids, and I'm la I'm really like inside. I'm like in disbelief. I'm like, this but you're don't just be ridiculous. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I let I let her speak, and anyway, and then we we uh, you know we part ways, and um, and then like a couple months come by, uh, go by, and then you know, and then Robert finally calls me. But I'm I'm not even thinking of Robert like a, a darker skin like guy with long black hair. I'm like, oh, it's somebody you know. And I'm like, look, like thinking of everybody I know that would fit that description. And I was like, no, no way, no way, <laughs> you know. But I'm not thinking of, of Robert. And then, um, uh, and then you know, when Robert calls me, and we're meeting just for drinks, and he has one of his friends there that's actually French at the bar. So we're like laughing and I'm, you know, I'm almost just talking French to the guy. Not not ignoring Robert, but yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. you know, it felt so good for me to speak French after, you know, being so long in the US and like, yeah. And his dad is from the same place my dad is. And just like a so connection, really like, yeah, yeah. 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 And, uh, <laughs> but I'm not thinking relationship, like I'm not thinking, you know, just connecting as, as you know, friends and being, you know, uh, and then anyway, and after that evening, Robert walks me back to my car and he's asking me on a date. And inside I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want any relationship. But because I knew him as a friend before, I said, okay, you know, but deep inside I was like, no, nah, you know, this is not the time. And, uh, and then we actually never went on a date. Things that happened naturally because he called me the 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 following day i'm like why is he already calling me i hung up on him <laughs> but then it was like a voicemail i was like hey me and some friends uh, are gonna go to the movies we're gonna see that movie if you want to join you know we're in my venice house uh this is the address and so then when i listened back i'm like oh that's cool like i'd, I'd go it's a to bit the more movies. informal yeah and, yeah i'm like so i went there and, uh, you know, and so we started hanging out like this. Uh, but the, well, actually, yeah, the se and then the second time I saw him with friends, too. Then slowly friends left because it was getting super late. And then I remember 
um, not just not thinking any date or anything like that, but we ended up at his house listening to like he was like playing some uh, Meshuga or something, or it's like, oh, have you heard Kandiria? Blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, have you heard uh, Carcass or have you heard Death? Like, we're listening to like hardcore music, like death metal and, and all these kind of music until like five in the morning. I was like, and I'm like looking at the time, and I'm like, okay, I gotta go back to to the house, like just the Zappa house. Um, and then we left it at that. And then, you know, it naturally evolved into like a proper relationship. And within a year, I was married. And so the lady was correct on all the fronts. Lady and was you correct. now have two kids. So the, and... the, uh, yeah. <laughs> but then I thought about the lady afterwards, yeah. and, and I wanted to call her back to, uh, to tell her, like, you were tr- the phone disconnected. I tried to look her up online. You know how you can look up people nowhere to be found and like i'm some like some kind of guardian angel yeah like, some kind of like lady that just appeared <laughs> that's amazing but and i love that story because maybe it's subconsciously so... she gave you that push that you needed to perhaps be open and yeah maybe. let the situation pan out yeah that's amazing yeah i love that yeah hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And so obviously Robert's a very kind of, you know, man of the earth, likes to surf. Is it a proper arty home? Your house now as well. So have you kind of continued what you grew up in in your parents' house? Is that almost the dynamic for yours now? I mean... Uh, our house is kind of like walking into my artwork. <laughs> we did like very colorful and all this, but we're we live in an area that's like, um, you know, we lived in Venice for a while, but now you know we moved a little away, and then we're not not far from the surf, uh, but we're still like kind of in the mountains. So we have you know nature all around, and and uh, yeah, a lot of it reminds me of. Even though Paris is completely different, you know, as far as just the outsides and, the, you know, no buildings and all that. But but I, I feel like it's it's the same kind of creative environment. Like, you know, I mean, both the kids, our kids are super creative. And, uh, and I felt like I, I grew up into that, even though um, my sisters are not artists, but it's, uh, you know, was always surrounded by art. Uh, and that's what it is now in in our home currently. You know, not just, uh, you know, I'm doing my artwork and Ty's doing his music and Lula's doing her artwork and Robert's doing his music. It's just like, it's... A hub of activity. I, I right? love that energy, yeah. What does uh, your son play? Is he guitar or bass? Or He plays bass, he plays but, bass. but um, we always thought he would be a drummer. So, you know, Ty grew up uh and you know he never had like a teddy bear but he had a guitar toy always <laughs> i mean i have i have 
And I realized this after, like looking at the baby pictures and toddler and all this. And I'm like, oh, my God, he always has a guitar in his hands. And then my mom gave him one of those toy uh, drum kits, you know, for kids when he was two. Yeah. So you've just got like the one drum. and Yeah. Well, no, it's like it was like a little set. It was like two little drums and then, then a big uh, uh, the, um, bass drum. So it's but it, a toy. Like so a really miniaturized a like version a m- of, yeah. Miniature. And he was so good. Like, I mean, we have friends uh, that are professional drummers. And then Ty's godfather is Mike Borden, you know. It's just like, and they were like, okay, you got a drummer in your hands. Because even the technique, like how we would like just, you know. And so we thought, oh, well, it's going to be a drummer. And I think there were so many basses laying around that he picked up the bass. He never took a lesson. Really? He even just, to this day now? Even to this day. Um I mean, when he, when he, footsteps. it's, uh, well, he's even better than Robert in certain <laughs> techniques. It's true. Like really? he's doing a pick technique that Robert's like, I can't even do that. Like he's so fast, like with a pick, you know? And, and I mean, I'm not saying he's better than Robert, but I, you know, Robert. <laughs> you love them both equally, admits, just in different yeah. ways. <laughs> but, you know, and Robert didn't really start playing until he was 16. And Ty, Ty just picked it up. No lesson, no nothing. I mean, even for the corn gig, I mean, he had to learn 18 corn songs at 12 years old. And he was, you know, Robert was on tour. He learned all these songs from a CD, like the CD that you could buy at the store. And just played along by ear. And play along by ear. How did that come about? Is it just because you're friends with those guys? No. Uh, We were, I think they were flying to Detroit or we were flying to, I don't know. We met, we saw them at the airport. Um... And uh, and then they cut, they they were like, hey Robert, can we talk to you? And so I think it was Fieldy. I forgot who else was there. Anyway, and they talked to uh, to Robert, and I'm like, well, this is kind of rude. They're like talking like leaving leaving us like. But then Robert comes back and and he tells me he said, well they they might they need a bass player for their South America tour because Fieldy is not able to do it. Um, and they're thinking of Ty, and I'm like, amazing, so good. And Ty was already, I mean, they saw video, basically they already saw YouTube videos of Ty playing, so they knew he was up, you know. But uh, Ty still had to audition. I mean, it's not like it was, it just fell in his, in his plate like this. And Ty, every day after school, Ty practiced and learned all these songs for like, I don't know, like two, three months, so you know. But the slapping and everything, and then when came for the the, the little audition, um, Robert just came back from tour, and I had heard Ty play, but I had not seen him because he would be in his room. And then we like after he played, okay, which song would you like to start with, Ty? So he start, yeah, I forgot which one, and even Philly was like, whoa, that's a hard one, okay. And then he nailed it, and we were like, all oh, like, whoa, okay. And then, okay, which song would you like to do next? And then he played like three songs and just, just aced amazing, it. yeah. And uh, and then he did he because they never had a rehearsal really before they so he's like learn from a CD. The only sort of rehearsal, which was not really a rehearsal, he was invited to just come uh, for sound check. Uh, at um for sound check at the um uh was it house of blues in anaheim like a proper porn show that ty was not playing but they had a sound check and so they uh they allow him to play like a couple songs with the band and i have that on video i mean it's amazing already that's a proud moment yeah yeah well i (laughs) cried after because i couldn't go to south america because uh um, Lula had school and it was great because his South America tour started uh, right when Robert came home from tour so there was no like so I like Robert it's better that you go with Ty because if there's anything he needs you know you'll be the you know better I'm not a bass player I yeah 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 <laughs> and so Robert went and then I stayed home with Lula that's how Lula became a huge corn fan Cause she, you know, she was missing her brother, and she was just watching the videos and oh, like wow, listening yeah. to music. Um, but uh, yeah, I had tears the first video when 
you know, I think it's online. You can Google it now. It's, it's just, you know, seeing my son play. I was like, oh, at 12, you know. And it's incredible. Yeah. It's so rare as well. I mean, you don't usually see people under 16 no. ever on a stage of that size with a band of and, that level. And he's like, he's got Holding such their own as well. Yeah, stage presence. I mean, even with his little band before, now he's got another band. Um, but, you know, he always, it's... I took them, you know, I, I stopped working while they were babies to take care of them, both kids. So I would take them on tour with me. So they kind of grew up seeing all the work. Yeah. I mean, how many, you know, just, you know, he, the, and Ty knows everything. Like he would be helping uh, stage hands sometimes. And then, uh, and then he would be like jamming with James in the tuning room, you know, while the others are getting ready and. Even people thought it was Robert playing, and then I was like, oh, no, it's Ty. You know, he's like <laughs> 10 years old or even younger. You know, it's just like, but uh, but because I think, I mean, he admits that he was nervous for the first two seconds before he, the first show and before he started playing. And once he started playing, it was like, you know, he's into it. But I think because he grew up seeing that kind of crowd and seeing you know because it would be i mean at 12 years old if I, if you throw me on the stage in front of like i don't know 20,000 people or something i was like okay <laughs> you know but he's like he got right into it I and, love the, it. and moving and being you know what yeah. about the day that robert got the call from metallica do you remember that day yeah i remember because we were about to sit down for dinner <laughs> and he got a call i was like i gotta go um, okay, I gotta go to the airport right now. I'm flying to San Francisco. It's <laughs> like okay, but he didn't know if he got it because it was like it was a long process. He did many many auditions. You know, it was like uh, so it was. I think it was very nerve wracking for him because it's a lot of pressure. Like he's he was working hard on learning all the songs because they got a big repertoire of so many songs. And so he had, to, you know, even though you, you know, we all know the songs, but actually playing them is different. So he was just like learning everything. And then he went once and then it was like, well, I haven't heard, you know, anything back yet. So I think it's not. And then all of a sudden he'll hear back and then he has to go back and do another audition. And then, they, you know, and then nothing. And then and then so even when he got the final call, when we're about to eat, he thought, okay, they're going to make me go up there and do another audition or whatever, you know. And uh, it's actually now on footage at the, some kind of monster. Yeah, it's in the well, documentary, you see he's it? entering a room and everybody's clapping. And he starts clapping too because he he's clueless <laughs> of what's going on, you know. He's like, yay, what? <laughs> you know, and uh, that's when he learned and then he called me. It's like, amazing. Okay, yeah. But up to this, yeah, it was a long road. Of like, yeah, I felt good about it. It was it was good, but then it was like it doesn't hear anything. I was like, well, maybe you know. So it was kind of like, you know, not knowing was I think hard. I think that band has kind of enjoyed such a renaissance period since him joining as well. I think yeah, like it's really I agree rejuvenated yeah everything about Metallica. I yeah, I agree. I mean, I really love the last. Uh, two albums that they did together you know it's just yeah and everything else I mean I just I just feel uh, I mean not because it's my husband but I really enjoyed the energy he brought back to the to the band Talking. but I love Jason too so and uh, Cliff of he, course yeah. uh, you know I mean big boots to fill on all accounts yeah right? yeah not easy you know even when when I uh, when he told me that the auditions actually filmed I would be like, I would be freaking out to mm -hmm. know that, you know, because I'm thinking of my auditions when I did musical theater and all this. It's already nerve wracking because you already have a panel watching you and judging every move. But n knowing that it's also videotaped and it's good, you know, it's there to be kept and, you know, it's never going away. It's not like, you know, you just. Yeah, it's just the people in the room who will remember. It's yeah, this is like everyone outside. Yeah. So once the kids get a little bit older and you can afford a bit more time for yourself to put back into, you know, creating and mm -hmm. what comes first? Do you focus straight away back on the art, the music, both? I always did. I, um, 
I, I never completely gave up singing because it was always kind of the, it's like breathing for me. So I was uh, even working with Seth Riggs, who actually ended up working with Ozzy for a little while too, um, which I haven't seen him in years. But um, I was, even when the kids were little, and maybe that's why my daughter sings, sings well, because <laughs> I was always doing my vocal exercises because I never wanted to lose, you know, the vocal power yeah, and all chops. this it's kind of like yeah it's kind of like just regular exercise just yeah. for your voice so i always did that even if it's just at home because uh, i did at home for a while just you know but painting is the first thing that i could do even when the babies were napping you know when they were babies and i was like okay you know because it's just i i wouldn't feel good um and there was days where i couldn't because it's it's so busy you know you feel like you're a machine you're just like feeding changing diapers feeding changing diapers trying Repeat. to sleep but not sleep <laughs> clean the house like all that um, are you someone who kind of needs to get that stuff out and yeah and, and if i did yeah if i didn't create anything in a day or two i would wake up with like a knot in my stomach like anxiety almost like things need to be expressed and, and so it's a real release for it's you it's a real yeah it's like a therapy and and uh and now it's like a need. It's just, you know, like I'm so happy to be traveling here and, and doing this cause, and painting uh, because it's just. Well, they're incredibly like they just give off radiance and joy and, and love. And obviously the colors are a big part of that with the, yeah. the brightness of them. But it's obviously from what's inside you as well. Yeah. Do you do you plan out? No. You just kind of let yeah let the magic. That's that's happen, why right? uh, uh, I usually don't listen to music when I paint, unless I'm like at the end of a painting maybe, uh, because I want to be in that zone and really connected, and everything kind of comes through. It's like it's like almost like visions or channeling, you know, or like dreaming through. awake. Exactly, it's a bit like that. Yeah. Does it ever like not that. come? No. And does that then really? I've never. No. Wow! Wow! Yeah. That's a gift. Yeah, isn't it? I, I, I guess. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I don't know anything else. So, yeah, it always comes. I've never been on the, you know, so you've never on had a blank like the, canvas the and be block. like, oh, what I'm, yeah, no. Wow. Yeah. There's certain motifs which seem to, you know, be quite central. The the eye mm -hmm. being one. Yeah. What do you think that is? Well, I don't know. I mean, the eye has a lot of meanings uh, depending on the context. You know, but I'm not trying to associate, like, give it a meaning necessarily, because I, I like to give um, my audience, like, the, the, you know, their own interpretation of my artwork. But, you know, the eye, it could be the all-seeing eye. It's, a, like, a protector. It could be, like, uh, the eye watching over you. It could be, you know, many, many things, or all that is, and all these things. Um I don't know. I'm just obsessed with eyes. I have eyes. I have a big <laughs> eye. Where <laughs> I have eyes everywhere. Um, yeah, it's it's it, it just comes, you know. I I when I paint, I'll just let it, things happen, and then I can analyze a painting after it's done and seeing, okay, you know this this element or this symbol means this this. It kind of like like you were saying, like a dream where you have different things that happen that don't necessarily make sense. Like, ooh, I'm flying and all of a sudden, you know, this pig comes and offers me some water and then this scene, you know, like some subconscious kind of yeah. craziness. And then, yeah, so... Were you saying in an interview that somebody came up to you and said that your one of your finished paintings was in their dream? Yeah. I mean, that she was crying. Bizarre. She freaked me out, this woman. But right. then I, I was because it was it was really I didn't. It was a, a, in the very beginning uh, of my painting career, and this woman. You know, I was still kind of more shy about being there when I had a, an exhibition. Like I was always there, but more like hiding in the corner and letting the people go through. Now, now I'm happy to be here. And if people have questions or want to talk to me or, you know, it, you know, it's part of the thing. It's, it's one of my favorite things to do, actually, to just, you know, share yeah, more about my process and everything. But in those days, I was afraid to share because it, like it's something spiritual, something 
that maybe some people will be like, uh, you know, I can't, you know, I can't understand this or, but, uh, but she scared me for a minute because she started, she's in front of a painting and she started crying and she's like, who's the artist? Who's the artist? And I'm hiding even more. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God, what have I done? And then of course, one of my friends who was in that room guided her to me. And that's when she said, I had a dream with this exact image. Oh my God, you know, it's just, you know. And that, you know, made me really realize that, yeah, I mean, information is out there. Consciousness is out there. And if you, you can tap into it and just, you know, you know, she might, she, she's not, she was not an artist. So she, but she might have had the same vision in her dream. She did not replicate it. And I did. And so it's, you know, that's amazing. It's kind of like when you see some people that, uh, uh invent the same thing but they're on opposite side of the earth yeah and they have no means of communication and then all of a sudden oh he invents that stuff that same guy the, the another guy invents the same thing but yet you know it's kind of like that's that's kind of how i can compare it to like information is there but yeah i think yeah. pre-internet that would happen so much more yeah and obviously now because information is so widely I'm, I'm wondering if that's numbing us a little bit, all yeah. this internet thing. I mean, I'm, I just feel that way even with GPS. Now we have GPS. We can go anywhere. We don't pay attention to a the streets so much. A lot of people just look so down much. at their phone yeah. as opposed to look around yeah. at the buildings and the architecture and the streets. And Completely, yeah, I agree. It's just, you know. But it's an interesting, I imagine you're in the same boat as me. It's an interesting dichotomy because if you're someone like us who's kind of a freelance self-employed someone who's trying to promote their work mm -hmm. you know in your case it's art in my case it's podcast you quite heavily rely on things like instagram and yeah, twitter to, of to, course. to promote and share and absolutely and, and i i can't you know i can't deny it and mm -hmm. i love it too. yeah because there is a lot of positive and sides it, to it yeah, too, yeah absolutely and i love having feedback from people from all over the world like you you connect to all over the world i don't know where some people are you know are from and all this and but but you know and and i love that con connection that we can have thanks to you know the internet and social media and everything but at the same time you know there's like it's i think it's a balance yeah you've got I mean, to limit it it's great right? to have gps when you're completely lost yeah. and and <laughs> you know and just like okay but um like my mom drives me nuts she always has gps in her car even though she's going to the same place she's been like a hundred times and if i call her she's in her car and all i hear is like Tourne à droite, like turn right. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I'm like, can you turn this off, please? And she's been <laughs> around, you know, without technology for yeah, the majority of her it life. Now. But she loves it now. She's like, it's, <laughs> it's her thing. No matter where she goes, she goes around the corner in the street. And she put GPS on. I was like, oh. As, as a parent with your kids, how do you kind of uh, ration it with them? Um, well, I... Or I they feel got quite lucky a good handle on because because they're really, I mean, they're really good about not being on their device so much. Uh, uh, Ty will be on the computer, but mostly to write his beats, like he does write or his music too. He'll use his uh, Logic Pro or, you know, and he'll plug in his guitar and plugging his bass and do or beats with a keyboard and things like that. But he's not, you know, he'll, he'll use his phone to, to call his friends up or he'll use FaceTime, uh, um, his singer and guitar player of his band lives uh, in Sacramento area. So they, they go on FaceTime together to actually work. So they're so using technology they're for using, creativity yeah, and productivity. Yeah, and the same with Lula. I feel she's not, you know, I, you know, I mean, my kids were never really into video games. Uh, Good for them. Yeah. And, and yeah, I'm happy because really, I mean, Ty's always been focused on his music. So, and he skates too. So it's, it's, uh, I've, I feel lucky because I never had to, be, had to the be the bad, the ba yeah, yeah, the yeah. bad parent was like, give me your phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, can we talk about charity work as we approach the sure. end? Um, I know you've done a lot of stuff in the past before. Yeah. This, this current thing is in conjunction with Teenage Cancer Trust, right? Yes. Uh, but before then, there was the, is it Musicians Without Boundaries well, yeah, or Music Without Boundaries? It, musicians Without Borders. Borders. Uh, it's still on, actually. Um, I, uh, 
uh, I was doing designing these guitar straps, and we have a few more designs that are going to come out uh, pretty soon. Um, and uh, in st- like, I felt like I wanted to give to a charity that's kind of music connected. And uh, uh, we did some research, and then we finally found Musician Without Borders. And I really like, you know, it's all about war divides, music connects, and all these messages that I felt really connected to. Um, well, it's, it has such a unifying, healing power, doesn't it? I, exactly. It I just agree. brings anyone of any creed, religion, yeah. background. There's no, yeah. It's like a universal language. I mean, you go to a show. Uh, and no matter what the country or no matter what the audience there there can come from any part of the world and they all connect on this one thing that's music you know and it's super powerful i mean to me i just you know it's more powerful than politics like Certainly you know it's just positive. like so yeah <laughs> something yeah. that brings people together you know um so so i i you know i really uh love their message and uh their the work they do you know because they go into war zones and uh and do music music provide music education let people like okay let's do a drum circle or let's you know and and um and where people uh, experience trauma you know fear all these things and just it's so healing so that's how we got started and um i was honored they asked me to design their uh t-shirt for their 20th anniversary as well as uh me doing the guitar straps so yeah so it's still ongoing uh the t-shirts um we did i think we might do another run i mean they sold out but the guitar straps are still, you can find them on my website and all the profits go to Musician Without Borders. And is so, that ChloeTrujillo.com? Exactly. Lovely stuff. Pretty easy. Right? Yes. And then Teenage Cancer Trust, again, they do a lot of work with musicians yes. and music-based events. And is it Roger Daltrey from yes. The Who who's very heavily yeah. involved in it? And yeah. they're always doing the concerts in London at the Royal Albert Hall. Yeah. And again, just such a, a beautiful, worthwhile cause. Yeah. Because yeah. it's given these kids, you know, who yeah. have been thrown into horrible scenarios yeah. at such a young age, like yeah. hope and joy and yeah. treatment. Agreed. And yeah. So, I what's, mean, so what's the plan can... for the for the event and the time that you're here? Uh, well, uh, starting at fi- like the, after this podcast, we're gonna I'm gonna open to the public and whoever comes in. This is a pretty like this is the first day. It's an easy day and people can watch me. Uh, Life painting. I have a little book signing. I have an art book that I'm gonna do at 7 p.m. here, and then today's gonna end at 8 p.m. So today is kind of free. Then uh, tomorrow we're gonna have uh, a, for Teenage Cancer Trust a lunch on. Well, I'll be part of it. I'll be painting, but then I'll join the lunch, and I have a few items that uh, are going to be also auctioned off for. Uh, are they the paintings that are upstairs now? Uh, no, that's different. There's going to be so this this painting when it's done is going to go for auction on Wednesday because right. I won't be done by then. But I did paint a guitar uh, uh, for the auction, and then there's going to be a, one of my huge scarves. I do a two meter twenty silk scarf that's going to be also uh, auctioned off and um and some uh metallica tickets and oh, other, awesome. other, of course, other goodies. they're in town in a couple of nights they're, aren't yeah, they? yeah they're yeah, gonna yeah. play thursday wow so that's time perfect i know it's kind of crazy <laughs> but it's like okay you know we can offer vip tickets too yeah yeah and well. uh yeah hopefully we can raise uh, uh some money some good money for for the teenage cancer trust I just love doing charity work because it's it's you know you feel like you're giving you're I mean I'm I, you know the reason I'm an artist is also to share and give and 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 provide heal as much as it heals me is provide healing you know as a you know mentally physically like any emotionally uh so just the, you know just with music same thing art you know it's all art anyway music Positivity, it, joy, yeah, love, exactly. unity, the yeah. good stuff. Yeah. 
Uh, Chloe, I could talk to you all day, but obviously I can't. So we're going to wrap there. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, I've got to go chat. back to painting now. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, you were just mentioning to me before we started, you usually spend about three weeks on one of these. Yeah. You've got three days. The pressure's on. But you, you're feeling oh confident? Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's why I started a little bit, you know, because I had to. <laughs> you know, it was this this whole thing was a lot of work to prep. We worked all weekend to kind of prep everything. But the, then, I, you know, I woke up this morning at six and I was like, OK, I got to start painting because I want to be, you know, I have to be done by Wednesday because it's going to be auctioned off. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, well, I'm good confident. Luck. All the best. You're it's gonna, it's you're a smaller it, canvas sure. than in the uh, usual. Than so. you're used to. So you Hopefully. got it. You got this. Uh, take care. Thanks a lot yes. for coming on the show. Thank you. First podcast experience. How was it? It was awesome. Let's do more. <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.